0: Join us every Friday for encouragement, freedom, and biblical truth. Grab your coffee or grab your tea. It's going to be a good one. Hey, everyone. Kim here. So this uh, week, and it might run into another week and another week. I really want to um, come here. And I need for you guys to hear me and see my heart. There is a particular pastor that I'm going to be calling out here on Life Clips. And I'm going to go into a little backdrop because he once came under a huge amount of scrutiny. Um, His platform began to fizzle. And then it seems like overnight he was back doing his shenanigans. And it just seems like he's getting worse and worse and worse. And the sad thing is, as many people believe that this man is part of the family of God And I really hate to say this, and it might not come across in a good way, but if this man and I are in the same family, I don't want to be in that family. So I'm going to try to be as loving and as understanding as possible, but it's really hard to do that for what I'm going to be dissecting. This man is a bully. This man is a liar. This man is a cheater. This man should not be at the pulpit. And I'm going to just lead into a progression. It's going to kind of be like this is like beginning to where we are currently and why I feel a strong nudging of the Holy Spirit to do this. I've had confirmation Um, from the Lord that this is, this is, this is right. This is what needs to be done because this particular pastor appears to know the word so well, but that doesn't always mean anything because the scripture, you'll know them by their fruits has nothing to do with us as saved. It has everything to do with the pastor. Was what kind of fruits are they giving? And well, they're not giving many fruits at all. So and in Titus chapter one, verses five through eight, Paul gave a very clear outline, and there's many things in there which we're going to see that this man does not line up with. So again, if, if he's part of, if that's my brother in the Lord, I don't want to be his sister in the Lord. So I ask that you would um, be with me for this week. And also, again, however long this goes, I don't want to rush this. I don't want to be jarbled in my head. I want this to be very systematic. I want it to line up so you guys can understand that this man is not godly. He has a cult following. And um, anyway, with all that being said, I am gonna introduce this week's mug. Right, everyone. So this week's mug is actually going to be because of the episode that I'm going to be diving into. And as you can see, I'm probably going to be wearing a few different shirts because I'm not recording this actually in one sitting because it is so much information and I want to make sure that I'm not tiring myself out, thus confusing what I need to start saying. So anyway, to introduce this week's mug, because again, of the topic of the discussion today, I'd like to introduce this mug, Truth Over Trend, and this is uh, again, overware.com, overware.com. It is my friend Matthew's uh, website where you can get a whole bunch of good stuff like this, Truth Over Trend, God Over Government faith over fear, Christ over culture. Um, The two shirts that I have coming in are the God over government and Christ over culture. I believe it's the Christ over culture. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Matt, nor are we here to talk about overwear. What we are here to talk about today is going to be a very sensitive topic, as I've already said in the beginning, but one that needs to be addressed. And the reason I need to address this is when the proverbial poo for him, which we're going to get into that here because I have to get into that in order to get where we are today. And that is why this is probably going to be a two-part episode, if not a three-part episode. Um, I will know when I'm done recording exactly how long these episodes will take. So with that being said, in uh, 2017, um, a very well-known internet pastor, Came under scrutiny, cheating on his wife. Of course, he denied it. And we're going to go through all this. So his following, whoop, it, it just shrunk. Not by much, but enough to where I'm sure his ego was a little bruised. Then they, him and his Jezebel, they began to spin this lie and recreate themselves, which that's what workers of the devil do. They disguise themselves and i'm not going to sugarcoat what i think about greg Locke. i think he's a false teacher i think that uh, and i'm going to show that through scripture here today um I, I believe that greg Locke has deceived so many because he comes across as this i am so versed in the bible but yet you know if you really look at his demeanor and the way that he twists the scripture especially now i mean he did it back then if you listen to his messages He's always inserting himself in some way, shape, or form. He's got this huge ego. Um, and uh, anyway, um, so we're gonna just gonna dive into that, and that's why it's truth over trend. The trend today is to follow false teachers and not hearken to truth. So I am going to um, really allow the Holy Spirit to lead. Um, But I do want to preface this by saying I do not believe Greg and I are in the same family. I don't believe that he is a born-again believer. I believe that uh, he prostitutes the gospel for his own agenda. And uh, what road he's on now is quite sickening, but it's not shocking. So anyway, let's go ahead and dive in to part one of whatever the part is in the Who is Greg Locke? All right. So as I said in the beginning of this, I really do want to come across um, with, and when I mean compassion is, uh, I just, I don't want people to think that I am some rude, judgmental person here, but, um, you know, as a matter of fact, before I even get started, I do want to say that when I am drawn to do podcast episodes I just don't fly by the seat of my pants. I I just, I don't. Um, I could be in the middle of prayer time uh, reading the word and all of a sudden I will get a nudge from the spirit and a thought will come through my head and then I will begin to develop what I felt the nudging of the Lord. And as of late, it has been quite, I don't want to say difficult, but, um, I've come under some scrutiny when you call out falsehood, when you call out America and her idol, people tend to come out of the woodwork. And at that point, you know, they, uh, of course, I'm on this evil monster, you know, how dare you um, come against our idol. But I think we're we're nearing so close to the coming of the Lord that I think many of us are afraid to call out the falsehoods because we're more concerned about what people think of us. And for those who know me know that I don't really care what people think of me. All I care about is, am I doing the will of my father? So, um, God kind of leads through confirmation because God doesn't audibly speak to anybody today. And again, that probably goes against some person's theology as well. So with that being said, um, When I hear something or if someone posts something or says something on the lines of what I feel like this is where God is leading me, all of a sudden, hang on, guys. My green screen keeps, I can see the back end of it, so I just had to turn the light on there, give it a little bit more light back there. Anyway, um, so I brought that up with uh, a friend of mine. So I had posted the uh, tribulation thing. Um, a little thing I put together the timeline with COVID and everything. And then um, all of a sudden, a friend of mine posted almost verbatim what my show notes were on the same plane. And I said, okay, Lord, that's confirmation. And then, you know, when I do this, I begin to Doubt myself, like, is this what God wants me to do? Does he want me to sit here and do a podcast and literally not have a life between the two jobs and the podcast and the editing? Um, And I just think that's the enemy. So for those who know me, you know, I, I do have a, a loud, passionate voice, but it's also a truthful voice. And that's what we're supposed to have. We're supposed to have a voice to speak truth in the lies. And especially today, again, truth over trend, the trend is, Let's sit back and be a Laodicean church. And nowhere in that passage do you read about a born-again believer. You read about a church where Jesus is not even welcomed. Well, if he's not welcome, then how can one be born again? Because if he's not welcome, that means the Holy Spirit's not in them. And also Jesus doesn't vomit those that are his kids. So, Um. And again, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a teacher. I'm not evangelist. Women should not have that role, but we are there. God used many women in the Bible from Esther to the new Testament. And he, he uses them as well. Just like he does men. The only difference is, is I cannot pastor a church nor would I want to, but if God has given us gifts and talents, we also need to utilize those. And it's funny because I always used to say this, you know, in the world, I used my talents. I was, um, a loud mouth person in the world too, but I also used my creative talents. I sang, I, I did drama. I, I would, um, you know, bring in crowds when I spoke or did something. So those gifts were used in the world. And, and it was funny because And I'm going to play this here because sometimes we just need to be reassured that where we are is where God has us planted for such a time as this. But sometimes our doubt comes in. And I'm saying all of that because as I was listening to this message, there were just so many confirmations that God was speaking through this particular pastor to say I am on the right path. So, again, I'm probably going to lose followers again today. Um, What I would ask for you to do, what you couldn't do during the America series is, especially if we are friends on Facebook, um, you can come to me in private. You don't need to put me on blast like I wouldn't put you on blast. You need to come to that person in private. So if you want to know something more about Greg Locke, well, I mean, I'm going to prove it all here today. But if you're still stuck on the fact that this is a man of God. You really need to take that up with God because He is not a Christian. Greg Locke is not saved, nor is his wife. So anyway, um, but again, if this upsets you, you know I don't. I, I don't need those those comments down below. That's not the the point to call that out. It's just not. Um, that is someone who doesn't want to hear truth, so therefore you want to be rude. And then for those who know me, know that I do have a bite, whether it's online or face to face. I'm still the same person, and I've got to learn through God not to bite back. I'll just delete the comment. So I'm going to make that very clear right now. I don't want hateful comments from the Greg Locke cult on this page because the comments will be deleted. If you cannot, through the lens of the Bible, examine who this man really is and truly have an open heart and an open mind, this, this week or the weeks to come are not for you. You want to follow that man, you go ahead and follow him. Like the Bible says, the blind will lead the blind straight into the pit. I'm not blind. I have a discerning spirit. And nothing that that man spews out of his wretched hell soul is anything from God. Jesus would never speak like that man. He does not represent the same Jesus that I serve. So anyway, I want to play some things because it it was kind of a confirmation for me. And then also kind of sums it up of where I'm going today and why. Let's take a quick break. Everyone is podcasting these days. If this is something you want to do or you're already doing it, I would recommend using Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. I currently use the Blue Yeti buzzsprout is an extremely user-friendly platform and i could not be happier with their services there are so many things that this site allows you to do from your show being listed on every major podcast platform to the audio player that you can use seamlessly on your websites to the detailed analytics of what we come on guys the podcasters want to see don't lie i know you look at that too We want to know who was listening, where they're listening, how long they're listening. There are zero hassles because Buzzsprout provides these tools and more to help promote our podcasts. Fellow podcasters, do we not work hard? Well, I am here to tell you that Buzzsprout works even harder to make our podcasts stream streamlessly. Yes, I know that's not a word. If you want to join a company that already has over 100,000 podcasters, click the link and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. This will get you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. And in addition, of course, it'll help support our show. Don't delay. Start Buzzsprouting today.
1: at deception. So then I ask what Jude is asking, do you know the truth? Are you contending earnestly for the truth? Paul would write to the church at Corinth about the same exact problem, false apostles, false teachers. He says, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. So these guys claim to be apostles of Christ but they're really apostates of Satan. He continues in verse 13 to 15. There you have it again, verses 12 to 15. And no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Of course, that phrase, angel of light, that's a message that we would readily receive, right? It's it's a message of, of love, perhaps, or hope, or justice. Maybe equity, maybe diversity, maybe even inclusivity. These are messages that you listen to and you go, that sounds good, that, that sounds good, that makes sense. But somehow, some way, at the core, it's a lie. And Satan is able to transform himself into an angel of light? And then it goes in verse 15, therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. His minions, whether they realize it or not, are ministering righteousness. And there's messages out there that sound right, church. It says, 1 Timothy 4, that in latter times, some will depart, defect, that's the word apostate, from the faith. Okay, they're leaving the faith and they're given heed to, so not just leaving faith, spiritually speaking, they're given heed to a fraud. They're given heed to deceiving spirits, it says, and doctrines of demons? Teachings of demons? I mean, none of us are that naive, right? To get swept into teachings from demons? We can recognize that, right? right? you understanding that the demonic world inspires any teaching that might sound good, might look good, if it takes you away from God, if it pulls you away from truth, if it caters to your flesh, if it sounds like relativism, you define it how you want it, I'm telling you, it's inspired by demons, and we don't call it out for what it is. Why? Because we don't want to be offensive. And we want to make sure that we are, you know, more cute than clear, right? Like a lot of times teachings that are hard to hear, usually the minister or you as a Christian who might be sharing things that are hard to hear or receive, you're the one that's getting the backlash. You're the one called either the bigot or the hater or the racist or the sexist. You're the one called you're judgmental even though they don't know your heart. Like, but but this verse is like, don't worry about what they call you. They don't have a beef with you. They have a beef with me, God says. All you're doing is living out what I've told you to be about. All you're doing is repeating what I've said. And that helps when you have to speak truth in a world that is more comfortable with lies. Now, when we summarize an apostate from verse 5, 6, and 7, and the earmarks of verse 8, when you put it all together, you see there's one pattern that runs through. Anybody that departs from truth, the apostate is actually departing from the image of God and pursuing or following a God created in their own image. God knows how all of this should operate best. And when I depart from what God says, I'm really just following a God that I want to create in my image. I'm gonna like kind of, I'm gonna say something that's not in my notes, just hit me. When we get mad at God, I'm I'm talking about like not, not confused, not hurt because of life, not, not because of grief, not because of pain, not like when your loved one hurts you and you kind of say, I need some time alone. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when people actually like curse God because something happened in their life that they can't understand why God, who's supposed to be good, Matt, pastor, would allow this to happen to my life. And you know why they're mad? They're not really mad at God. They're mad at the image that they constructed of God, which was not really the image of God. They're just mad at this make-believe picture of God that God should bow to their life as opposed to their life bowing to the one true God. Even Job, who lost everything, was able to rise out of the pain and say, the Lord gives, the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Judges 21, 25. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Okay, so no representation. The king was supposed to represent God. They were a theocracy with the monarchy. Okay. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. One verse literally summarizes exactly what's happening in your world. Everybody's doing what they want, how they want it. They're doing what's right, where? In their own eyes, in their own perception. And passion without principle becomes perversion. We don't have the ability in our fallen condition, human nature, sinful. I don't have the ability to restrain my passions unless a higher principle grounds me. If it doesn't ground me, that passion will eventually flare in all areas of life. I don't know about you, but I was a passionate young man with the things of the world. And when the harness of heaven got a hold of my life, the Holy Spirit crushing me, breaking me, rebuilding me, should I have any less passion or even probably more passion for the things of God I I think about that all the time, like, here I was, a passionate young man, whether it was fighting, whether it was going out, whether it was playing a sport. I mean, couldn't be a professional athlete without having some type of passion to want to dominate, right? But now I'm going way beyond the boundaries God set for me, and that passion that wasn't grounded by principle became a perversion. And now I'm living in the world, like the world, I'm of the world. And then principle enters in, the principle, Jesus. And he says, I want you to take that passion and use it for my kingdom. So God doesn't like throw away all of these qualities that might have been sinful. He just rewires them. He repurposes them because he wants to use all of us. It's like interesting. Somebody can tell these stories from their past about how crazy they were and this and that. And like you see them in church, they're just like, oh, God, you know, I'm all straight now. I'm like, really? What happened to all that emotion that you had in that one story you told me about hitting the guy in the head with a bottle? Like, where's that all at? I'm not advocating for hitting somebody in the head with a bottle in worship. Don't do that. Leave that to the Pentecostals. Just joking. Let's move forward. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. 18. I love this proverb. It says, where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Okay, where Bible is not front and center in a life, in a family, in a ministry, in a marriage, when Bible, revelation, right? Where there's no vision.
0: All right, so that kind of sums it up. And for those who may not know, um, I did do an interview with him. He's got an amazing testimony. So if you scroll down... Um, I think it's called beauty out of the ashes or something like that, or out of the ashes. But anyways, that's an amazing podcast that I had the honor of Matthew Mayer joining me on the show. So, uh, please go ahead and and honestly check that episode out. It's, it's amazing. Um, his testimony is phenomenal. So that is a, that is a pastor. That is a real man of God who rightly divides the word of God and never circles it around on himself. Um, pastor Andy is another one, Dr. J.B. Hickson. Is another one. Uh, Pastor Tom Hughes is another one. Um, uh, Pastor Barry Stanger is another one. So there's pastors out there that are a complete opposite of the heretic and the apostate that we're going to be talking about today. So what I want to do is I want to get to my notes. And as I said in the beginning, I really want to handle this um, so you guys would understand that I am coming from a, com- a place of compassion and I have understanding. But where my compassion and my understanding will lie are for those who are deceived by this man. Um, I don't know, several months ago, uh, a friend, we're no longer friends, um, because he calls Greg Locke a man of God. And if you're that deceived by that, and again, Greg comes with a message today full of patriotism and don't wear a mask and don't get vaxxed, blah, blah, blah. But before I get into all of that, we need to go into who is... Greg Locke. So the way that I'm going to be approaching these episodes coming up is going to be a lot different than how I've brought up NAR or uh, Bill Johnson, Joel Osteen, Joyce Myers. It's going to be totally different than that. And um, because this man is so deceptive. Now, listen, if you don't know, and I'm, there's a lot, if you don't know by now, and I've said this before, time and time again, that in 2022, Bethel, Joel Osteen, Joyce Myers, Beth Moore, if you don't know that they're false teachers by now, I don't even know what else to say to you. So, cause you just don't want to listen. Um, because Greg is different from them because he actually does bring forth the word of God. He just doesn't rightly divide it. He just adds stuff to it that really, so he knows the Bible. And I think that's it. He can, he can throw out scripture verses like there's no tomorrow. He preaches a good message as though he understands salvation. So he can tell you,
2: for myself, it was my Bible. I've got so much Bible memorized, I could preach it, and you would never know if I read it or not. Listen, I love to preach. I love it. It's my life. I could do this in my sleep, and you wouldn't know whether I prayed about it or not, and that is dangerous.
0: But does he really believe that? Right? Believing and knowing are two totally different things. He knows it, but does he believe it?
2: For myself, it was my Bible. I've got so much Bible memorized, I could preach it, and you would never know if i read it or not. Listen, I love to preach. I love it. It's my life. I could do this in my sleep, and you wouldn't know whether I prayed about it or not, and that is
0: dangerous. And I firmly believe he doesn't, because if he did, what we're going to get into today would have never transpired. So anyway, before I start, I just want to lay the groundwork. I want to quote from an article from Crosswalk. Dot com. And it says in here five ways on how to recognize a wolf in sheep's clothing. So I'm going to go ahead and put that article up on my screen. And if you just bear with me one moment, I will get that together. And while I am waiting for that, I just want to let you know that the Bible is very clear that we are to mark, expose and have no fellowship with these teachers so that comes into play when a teacher that you like is associating themselves with falsehood again the bible is clear there's no mincing of words there we are to mark expose and have no fellowship it shouldn't be any different because that's your pastor and you like them they want to they want to apply scripture When it makes them feel better, when it, when it, when scripture works in your life, you're okay with Jesus, but the moment it doesn't, then you want to twist it to your narrative. And I, I'm not like that. The scripture is here to convict me when the scripture tells me certain things. Like I was reading in my study time the other day, um, and I believe it was Psalm. I don't remember the chapter and verse, but I also took that what I was reading in my study time as Wow, Lord, I mean, it spoke to me. It convicted me. And if you're only reading the Bible to find the good parts, but you're not reading the Bible to find the convicting parts, I don't know what to say there, but that's it. So, anyway, I'm going to read these five ways on how to recognize a false teacher from this article. And uh, we will go ahead and share that now. So, again, For those listening to the podcast, this is from crosswalk.com, Five Ways to Recognize a Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. This article is from a Debbie McDaniel, and this is dated back in May 14th, 2020. So I'm going to scroll down, and here are the signs, and it's actually four. So they're all scary because every single one of them is exactly who Greg Locke is. First one, they love power and themselves. This leader will try to gain and hold on to power for their own selfish reasons. Relationships are used and abused solely for the purpose of gaining more control. A wolf in sheep's clothing will use their position to create rules and standards that were never a part of God's plan. They do not want to empower people with freedom and truth, but rather keep them under his power with boundaries. And we're going to get into a lot of that. So I want you to hold these, please, in in your head or stop the video, write these down, and then go back to this minute marker. Because we're going to get into this, man. You're going to hear it for yourself. This is not just me speaking. He's going to be doing a lot. Greg Locke is going to be doing a lot of talking through his own mouth in these upcoming weeks. Number two, they refuse correction and respond to criticism with anger. So when you confront a wolf in sheep's clothing, the response will not be one of humility and repentance. We're going to get into that. This person will respond with anger, bitterness, and often turn the criticism back on you. Their main goal in life is self-preservation and will not let anyone get in their way of their Authority. A wolf will appear meek in front of an audience, but will show aggression when confronted. Number three, they use emotions to get what they want. This is so him. A wolf knows the power of words and emotions to manip- manipulate people. They use guilt, shame, and fear to keep others under their power. A wolf knows when to speak sweet words of compliments and when to use cutting words to fuel. Insecurity. Number four, they lack the fruit of the spirit. And just so you know, the fruit of the spirit is right here. I'm skipping down kindness, gentleness, self control. So those things right there should really speak to you regarding who Greg Locke really is. He is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Anyway, I want to go ahead and read this really quick before we get started, so I'll go ahead and open this up on my screen as well. So this is the book of Titus, and it's chapter one. This is Paul writing to um, Titus regarding what um, the qualifications, as you can see here on the screen, of an elder or a pastor should be. So I want to go ahead and read this, so I need you to pay attention again, pause it. There's going to be a lot of meat. In in the beginning here, because I need to lay the groundwork spiritually, biblically, of who and what a pastor should be. And if Greg Locke emulates any of this, then um, I will ask for forgiveness for lying about this man. But I'm not lying about the man. First of all, everything we have has been proven fact, and um, he just doesn't like to be called out because bullies and narcissists don't like for their craziness to be exposed. So picking it up in verse five. For this reason, I left you in Crete, that you would set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you, namely, if any man is beyond reproach, the husband of one wife, having children who believe, not accused of indecent behavior or rebellion, for the overseer must be beyond reproach as God's steward, not self willed, not quick tempered, not indulging, not over indulging in wine, not a bully, not greedy for money, but hospitable, loving what is good, self controlled, righteous, holy, disciplined, holding firmly to the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching. So that he will be able to both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict it. Hold right there. So he needs to exhort in sound doctrine. So not only does the pastor need to bring forth sound doctrine, but they also need to be able to refute those who contradict it. If you are following a wolf who's not even bringing sound doctrine, how can they refute those at all, because he's bringing the false doctrine himself. Your pastor, your leader should be refuting people who contradict the gospel. For there are many rebellious people, picking it up in verse 10, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, who must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families, teaching things they should not teach for the sake of dishonest gain. Now that verse in itself is really not pertaining to the Gentile churches we have today, but I will take a nugget out of there and apply that. So with their teaching, they should not be teaching for the, self, the um, for the sake of dishonest gain. Greg Locke's ultimate goal is for the likes and the clicks. He keeps saying it's not, but it is. He is an ego-driven maniac. And as long as he can get people to go, if he can get views, and we're going to go through all of this, that's his whole, that's his MO through this his entire career that he's had working the audience and the viewers on his stage. But anyway, so uh, going on to verse 12. um, It'll keep going on about that. um, But we're going to go ahead and end it there. Um, So if you want to pick it up and read uh, Titus chapter one, you can see for yourself what I am talking about right there. Okay. So again, I wanted to lay the groundwork um, regarding this. And now I want to also lay a little groundwork, a little backdrop. Um, I personally knew Greg, Ty, and Melissa. I was very involved in that church. Um, I used to travel from Atlanta to Mount Juliet. I had a lot of interacting uh, with the church. I grew to be very close with a lot of their members. And um, as you can see here on the screen, I mean, it's legit. I went to the church. I bonded. Greg Locke had my phone number. Um, At that moment, I uh, really was seeking the Lord. I was ready to move to Mount Juliet. I used to drive up there to go on interviews. I remember one big interview I thought I was going to get was with, uh, I believe it was Bridgestone Tire, and I got in touch with Greg. We prayed, and God slammed that door shut quicker than I can sneeze, uh, blink my eye. Immediately, had no idea. I was very disappointed, So anyway, um, I used to travel up there uh, two Sundays a month and it got very taxing and tiresome. So then I went down to one Sunday a month and then it kind of fizzled from there. And maybe I'd go once every two months, really kind of listen to him online and things of that nature. So I definitely was in that Greg Locke bubble. So a true story is I went to his uh, church one Sunday and he was preaching a message about, uh, Peter, when he denied Jesus. And then on the third time, Jesus said, how much do you love me? How much do you love me? Well, how much do you love me? And his message was amazing. I was just like, wow, that was so good. So a normal pastor, a normal, humble pastor, you know, I have said this to Dr. Andy, so I can use this as a prime example. If he's brought forth a good message and there's definitely anointing and, and an anointing on that message, I'll say, man, that was great or whatever. Dr. Andy, Dr. J.B. Hickson—they've never taken the glory for that. They know where it comes from, right? They know where their teaching comes from. Unfortunately, Greg did not have that same demeanor at all. He didn't. He was a pride, boastful, arrogant jerk who was like, "I know, wasn't that good? I know, it was real good." He—he, he, I, I remember just standing there, like, "Wow, he's so arrogant." So now anyway, moving forward, um. In all honesty, you know, uh, maybe women's intuition. I don't even know if that's a thing. But I always sensed that something was going on between him and Ty. And uh, for those who may even watch this podcast, I used to be friends with you at the church. You know that. Um, When I first met Ty, I really uh, thought that she was a little obsessed with him she would follow him like a lost puppy dog. And I think she used Melissa to get there. I never really liked her. You know, when you just get that sense that something's off and I, I did. So one one trip I took up there, we went up to Cadence, Kentucky to go see then their pastor at One Church um, in Kentucky. I believe it's Cadence, Kentucky. Uh, I know it's called One Church uh, where Blake Reynolds was the pastor who at that point was also a Clayton Jennings, Blake Reynolds. They were kind of, one in the same there. Um, You can Google Blake Reynolds. I don't think he's a pastor anymore. I don't know what happened to him. He kind of fell off the radar real quick. Don't know, don't care. But anyway, so we went up there and it was one Sunday night and they took the bus and I followed with my car. I probably should have taken the bus just to observe some behaviors, but I didn't. So just so you know, um, Ty sat next to Greg. This I do know. And then also Melissa, as always, was the, the mother hen always watching the kids while Greg was doing whatever Greg does. So we were going there because Greg was actually preaching at that church that evening. So uh, Greg preached. I I really don't remember what he preached about. Um, Just same hoot hollering and yelling. Then when service was over, I'm talking, it's over. I I, I'll never forget this. Um, So I actually still have the shirt. Um, So Greg had his his merch table there of some shirts and stuff like that. Then I remember walking back into the sanctuary. I don't remember why I did. I don't know if it was to tell Greg and Melissa goodbye. No, I think, no, no, no. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm not lying. I just didn't remember that. That is not true. Um, And I remember seeing Ty in this It's like when you walked back in, she was in like this corner here, um, where the chairs were. Kind of this, if this is the stage here, and she's just swaying back and forth, singing to herself. It was the weirdest, charismatic movement I had ever seen. And I'm thinking, is she high? Like that was really what I thought was this woman. Is she high? So anyway, I I really and I never liked high. My spirit, when I first met her, did not jive with her. Um, There was just that immediate disconnect. Then from there, we went over to Chick-fil-A and um, I bought the family. So Greg, Melissa, and the four children dinner. I don't believe um, Hudson was there. I, yeah, I don't think Hudson was there. That's, um, yeah, no, he wasn't there. Anyway. So it was just the three. It was the two boys and um, the girls. So I bought them dinner and Greg, the entire time spent zero time with Melissa and those kids. He brushed them off. He ignored it. And then this is what happened. Blake walks in and now it's photo op time. Greg dismisses, even leaves his food at the table. And his kids were acting up at this point because, by the way, he didn't have the world's greatest kids, especially Malachi. Definitely a handful. So and Evan is his other one. And for some reason, I'm drawing a blank on. I know it begins with a D, but I can't remember the, the daughter's name, both um, Hudson and the daughter. They're both adopted. And then Evan and Malachi are Greg's and Melissa's. Um, While crazy running around, you know, I understand being kids, but zero discipline. You can see Melissa's at our wit, wit's end. And, you know, engaging with Melissa, um, sweet spirited woman, Um, I I, just looking on her face, I think she always was overwhelmed. She always just appeared overwhelmed. And that's probably true because Greg was too busy traveling and cheating. Um, But anyway, he never spent time with the family. He was bike riding, touring, doing, doing everything but what a godly man should be doing in the home. So anyway, it's photo op time. Immediately, Greg, of course, it's photo op time. I got to Whatever. And it was him and Blake, and I forgot who else was there, and they took some photos. Anyway, it was a hurrah, blah, blah, blah moment. Uh, people were snapping photos. He was engaging with people. And then it was time to leave. Then um, went up there for a Memorial Day barbecue. And again, I don't know. So I just I'm going to go on record because I really don't remember. I don't know if Kentucky was before or after Memorial Day, but it all kind of just stays in my head as the same. So Memorial Day. And the only reason I went up there is Greg had asked me, he personally came to me and asked me, I'd really like you up here. Um, you know, and then the members of the church. So, um, that Sunday we went to church and then after service, I went to lunch with Ty's mom. Um, Brenda, I believe was her name. I I don't know. I, I believe she might have passed. I don't know. So if anyone can comment below and let me know if you're listening and you know them, um, so I went to lunch that day with Judy, which is so Judy Locke, which is Greg's mom, and then also Ty's mom, Brenda, which I didn't really know that was Ty's mom. I knew Kim, who was a friend of mine, Cowan. Her brother was Ty's brother. So anyway, that the whole the whole church is so weird. It's so weirdly connected. So and we'll and will get into that as this progresses as well. So anyway, um. <laughs> The whole entire lunch was nothing but a gossip town time of who's who in global vision. I knew more about the church than I wanted to know. I didn't solicit this information, um, but I'll tell you this much. And this really, really upset me. And um, I know when this story broke, um, I mentioned it to pulpit and pen and uh, you know I was, pretty, I don't want to say close, but I I did um, speak to them often. Me living in Atlanta, I also helped them with some information while Melissa was there. So anyway, um, confirming of location and things of that nature. So I remember Judy, and Brenda, bad mouthing Melissa. Not in a way like she's mental, not like the liar said but that she just was weak. She was a weak woman. She wasn't good enough for her son. And that really bothered me. And again, I heard so many other things. I know Kim was a, a gossiper there too at the Memorial Day barbecue. And so all I heard were these stories about just, it. It. it to me, less the alcohol and the music and the sex. I, I felt like I was around nothing but a bunch of worldly people. And that it, to me was a clear reflection of their shepherd. So again, I know I'm going somewhere with this. So please, I just needed to give you the backdrop. I'm not coming from a place if I just read some Google article. And I said, oh my gosh, Greg Locksheet. I know for a fact who they were. I know the people in the church. The church was extremely, extremely small. And I could tell you this much. I know I'm jumping the gun here and we'll revisit that. There ain't no, he didn't have dozens and dozens of precious little black people in his church. He had one black person, Buford.
2: Hey guys, Pastor Greg Locke here. So I was out checking the mail here at the church and a black gentleman pulled up in our intersection here and he said, hey, do you have anything to do with this church? And I said, well, yes, sir, I'm the pastor. He said, oh, the pastor, can I ask you a question? I said, yes, sir, you can. He said, Do you allow black people to come to this church? And to be honest with you, I was a little floored by the question. And I said, yes, sir. We have dozens and dozens and dozens of precious black folks in our church.
0: Other than that, it's still a sea of white people. I, you know. So anyway. I guess for people just so you understand who I am, when people lie and they believe the liar, that's when my passion begins to grow. That's when I, my voice gets a little louder because I just want to shake the crap out of people sometimes. Like, how can you not see it? How can you not see it? So anyway, after the Memorial Day barbecue, so that so I had to have gone to Kentucky before the barbecue because after the barbecue and just hearing the nonsense and and the people smoking and then the cursing and I was just really taken back. I was taken back as well because I remember so clearly. When you go up to Global Vision, I don't know how it's set up now because they have the tent, but back then you would pull in, there's the parking lot, right? There was the brick church, the small little chapel. And then behind that was a building, it kind of looked like a barn house. And then that was here. And then to this side was this triangle looking home, extremely hot. You walked in, that's where the restroom was. And I think their offices were there. So as I was, I I don't remember who I was in the circle with gossiping. They were, um, and shame on me for listening. So let me, let me take fault in that as well. Shame on me from engaging with these conversations. What I should have done is just walked away, but I didn't because that's our nature. So, um, when one of the conversations sort of were ending, or maybe I just got tired of it. I noticed coming out of the building, Ty and Greg. And then I noticed someone saying behind me, hey, Melissa's real upset. And then I seen Ty look at Greg. And then Ty went over to talk to Melissa. And then at that point, I also was included in the conversation. Do you know why? Because Melissa included me in the conversation. It was something to do with her child. It was just a little bit of a drama, but it seems like all that church has is drama. So that's the groundwork, guys. I know global vision. Now, listen, I didn't go every single Sunday. I'll tell you this much. If you go to the church two Sundays, you will know more about those members. It's like their prayer meetings that they go to are just to gossip about everyone. It is the most ungodly place you'll ever go. And that's a direct hear me, a direct leadership of their shepherd. So I'm your shepherd, I'm your shepherd, and you're not their shepherd, Greg. So anyway, I continued to um, listen to Greg, but not as much because I think God had to show me the personal encounter. And I need you to hear me. I don't know how long we're in right now, but I know a lot of people will cut this off. I pray to God that you're still listening. I need for you to hear me, especially these online listeners who think you know that man. Who he is behind a camera is not who he is in real life. Who the members of that church are are not who they are that you see on the camera. I guarantee you the church is bigger, so now it's just more gossip and Nelly's up in that joint. I know the man. I know his Jezebel. And I know his precious wife that he lied about in order to condone the affair. And I don't care what you say, Greg, I know you did with that woman. Now, we're going to get into this. And I'm really, like I said, I'm going to try to be level head through this whole thing. But the only reason I need to lay groundwork of what was already exposed almost four years ago is because that man now has a better following than he had back then. That is not God moving his platform. And as you just heard, Pastor Matt say, I don't believe for one moment that Greg Locke is a man of God. He is a minister of the devil himself. And you're going to see that here today or tomorrow or next week. I don't, again, I don't know. I don't know how long this is going to take. So to put the nail in the coffin for me with Greg, and I think this is where God really had to move me and shake me more than he already had. I just really didn't pay attention because, well, Greg Locke is very intoxicating. You know, he's just, he has this amazing intoxicating personality that draws you in. Right. And then he, he's good looking, a little short, but he's cute. And then he's got that kind of unique way about him. So he was coming down to Georgia, South Georgia, and um he had texted me and he said, Hey, um, I'll be about an hour outside, an hour and a half outside of Atlanta. So I spoke with a friend of mine, Tawny, and I said, Hey, you know, Tawny, do you want to go? Um, so we met, you know, uh, we kind of both had to leave work a little earlier in order to be down there at uh, 7 p.m. I think is when the service started or whatever it was. I wanted to leave us enough time so we weren't stuck in traffic forever. So anyway, we go. We hear the message. Um, it was definitely a charismatic church. And the reason I can say that is uh, after praise and worship and before Greg got on the stage, I had three random people walk up to me at the same time, didn't even know them and said, we have a word for you. And I'm like, oh boy. And I can kind of sense some of that during it. Cause another thing, Greg didn't care what kind of church he went to, as long as they paid him. Right. Mark, I mean, Mark exposed and have no fellowship. Hey, as long as that paycheck's good, I don't really care what church I'm going to. He would even preach in a Catholic church if he had to, if the money was right. So and their word was, I don't I really don't even remember what it was <laughs> some psychic thing that anyone could say. And uh, so I was like, oh, okay. But anyway, so then service is over, and Malachi, which is his youngest, went with him. And uh, every time Greg would travel, he would rent a vehicle. So service was over, and Tawny and I. We're ready to leave. And I said, oh, I'd really like to say goodbye to Greg. So anyway, we're outside. Now, mind you, it's dark out. It's nighttime. And the parking lot's beginning to clear. And then I just see Malachi all by himself, randomly playing in a parking lot in the middle of nowhere. And no supervision. None. So I called Malachi over. Who's very hyper, by the way. He's a lot like his dad, and he's a spent image of his dad. So I said, Malachi, w- 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 what are you doing here by yourself? Just go inside and wait for your dad. Oh no, no, no! He usually takes forever anyway. He's got to collect his money, and I'm I'm used to doing this. I said, What do you mean you're used to just being in places by yourself? Yeah, yeah. When I go with him, I usually I'm just always by myself because he's got to get his money. And I said, Well, Malachi, I don't want you out here, and I'm not leaving you all alone out here in a strange town at night, anyone can come snatch you up. So I asked Tawny, I said, I mean, if you want to leave, you can leave, but I'm not leaving him. So he's like, no, you can go, Miss Kim. You can go. I mean, I'm used to it, which is sad anyway. So uh, maybe he was 10 at that point. Again, I, I really don't know their ages. So all of a sudden 40, 45 minutes later, if not an hour, it was forever. I guess Greg collected his cash and it's time to go. So we said our goodbyes. There's no hug. So I do have to say this about Greg. Like he does know how to maintain that image to make sure nothing bad happens, right? So there's no hugging of females and stuff, which is totally great. I remember one time when I went there, I was having, I forgot what it was. I don't know. I need a prayer over something. So he sent me to Ty. Ty prayed over me. <laughs> So according to Greg, I guess I should, I got prayed over by a witch, but anyway, um, so he left, you know, of course, Malachi went with him and Tawny and I just looked at one another, like, who does that as a parent? Like, why wouldn't you have your son with you? How long does it take for you to collect your money? And leave, like I don't I, I, I didn't get that. So it was just little things towards the end, and then getting to know the people better and and the messages and um, I, I, my brain was so overwhelmed with being a member of global vision. I, I was just sucked into their drama every single day. Every single day someone would message me with another problem. Or, hey, when you coming up again, we need to do lunch so we can talk about Susie Q or whatever. Oh, geez. Anyway, um, so I want to lay the groundwork here, and this is what's going to take me a little bit. And this is why I'm probably going to do this throughout the week, because there's a lot of pieces to connect. And I just want to make sure that I am doing the timeline justice. So what I want to do is I'm going to be playing just some videos here and th- this is what I firmly believe because the church is full. And, and currently, I think I can use current language. When I say the church, like current, I think they're still like this, but since the church is full of, of gossipers and shady people. And I, I think, see, this is what I think of Greg. I think that he Um, counsels people so he can have dirt on people. So if they want to have dirt on him, he can just use that dirt against them. I believe that 100%. So Greg Locke, um, just so everyone knows, uh, born in in Tennessee, um, he claims, you know, that he was in and out of jail. Uh, His dad was locked up and had a lot of anger issues or whatever. So when you, when you look at his past, you can kind of see that's really who he is today. This arrogant jerk um, who truly never really found Christ because there's been zero change in the man. I mean, his heart is as evil as it comes his demeanor. And if you can't see that and you like his posts, I, I, I have a problem with that. You know, um, and I don't want to be associated with people who associate themselves with him or like his wife's page and in all transparency, I was gonna have someone here on the podcast, but because of that um i I can't I can't call somebody out and then have someone who I know supports them and likes them on life clips. I won't do that I mean, I don't care what kind of platform the person has if you're liking Greg Locke and you think that's a man of God, this podcast isn't for you. So this is Greg, right? He's always been someone who always wants to be at the center of attention. And we can see here on the screen. I mean, this is something that Greg has always wanted to be. I mean, since he was you know, a kid, he always wanted to be in this limelight. And I think him maybe becoming a pastor, being on a stage, the guy wanted to do hip hop and sing. Um, So Greg has done a few things, you know, Um, and, and I want to get into that, you know, here. So back in 2013, um, this is when he started kind of making headlines. And I think this is where his ego began to be stroked. So as you can see, Here on the screen, it says an area pastor recently walked 240 miles in an effort to raise money for a Christian publication that helps the homeless. Greg Locke started his mission in Murfreesboro and walked a total of 240 miles in six days to Paducah, Kentucky. So uh, the next start of his ego as well, as you can also see here on the screen, is 2014. And this is from the Christian Post. Greg Lockley, pastor of Global Vision Church in Mount Juliet, rode his bicycle for more than 400 miles in two days to visit members of his congregation for New Year's. And that was a big thing. I think that's really when Greg Lock began to become somewhat social. And I think this is where that, that niche took over for him, where his ego began to be stroked. Now, and in case you think I'm calling someone out, like this has been a pattern with so many people um, who are more into the accolades of man than they are the accolades of God. So we all know about Jimmy Swaggart. Here, You can see that right here. America, a leading television evangelist has confessed publicly to committing sins against God and his family. Jimmy Swaggart made his confession on television and left the pulpit in tears. It's believed he was photographed with a prostitute in a hotel room.
2: Jimmy Swaggart's church was packed yesterday as the wealthy American evangelist arrived with his wife and family. The sermon was hardly typical. The preacher had come to make a public confession about a sexual encounter with a prostitute. The evangelist was tearfully
0: contrite. To my Lord and my Savior, my Redeemer, the one whom I serve and I love and I worship, I have sinned against you, my Lord. He asked forgiveness from the congregation, and especially from his wife, Frances. I have sinned against you, and I beg your forgiveness.
2: Up, up. This nation is a nation under God, of God. And- he's
0: a hard time. We also know just recently, um, Ravi, Zach- Zacharias, Zacharias, whatever you say his last name, I don't know, he's dead now. But, um, you know, he came under huge amount of infidelity. And it was just disgusting. So there was another guy, right? But Ravi, oh, wow. He preached such an amazing message too, didn't he? According to some, Uh, but yet he hung out with Louis Giglio and Hillsong. So whatever. Um, And again, the red flags are always there, but we just don't want anything to happen to a great teacher. I'm going to be honest. I mean, if, if someone were to say something about Dr. Andy, I would still have the same feeling of Well, I can't listen to him anymore, regardless of how I feel about Dr. Andy. Like, when do we stop putting man on a pedestal and start just really understanding what Jesus says? Like, that's who I want to make sure that is always number one in my life is Jesus, because he's done no wrong. He's a sinless, perfect man who came down, got in the flesh, died for all of mankind, rose again, coming again. That's who I want to make sure that I follow, that I put my trust and faith in. Not these men and women who go astray. So anyway, Ravi, Jimmy Swagger, Jim Baker, you've got Jerry Falwell. And just recently we had, um, uh, I can't think of of the guy's name. Anyway, then of course, the big break on Clayton Jennings. So all of this kind of Clayton Jennings and Greg Locke, it was kind of all happening together. Um, Anyway, so Greg just had this thing in him where fame began to take over. So um, here, you can see on the screen here of what um, what Greg Locke is, and I'll read it for those on the podcast. It says, eyes bulging, neck strained, fist ball tightly. The 15-year-old boy swung wildly. I'm going to beat you, Greg Locke screamed while his stepfather shouted back, filling the boy's bedroom with bitterness and profanity. Greg still talks like that today, though. Actually, let me pause here and I'll show you why I say that check out this Dunkin Donuts rant.
2: Chat about in the next few minutes, so I'm just gonna jump right in, and let me just go ahead and warn you up front. uh, As with many of my videos, not only do you want to buckle in and buckle up and hold on for the ride, some of you may not be able to to make the leap with me after this because I'm pretty spitting mad about a bunch of nonsense. Did you know there's been nothing, nothing in the American culture and nothing in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that has separated the body more than these stupid things right here. Uh, We call them uh, safety precautions. No, what these are, these are gags, ladies and gentlemen. These have become idols. These don't do anything whatsoever. They're the dumbest thing that's ever been created by humanity, okay? They are scientifically proven to do jack sprat. But I'll tell you religiously what they've done. They've divided the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. These things are so dumb. You know, Walmart says now you have to have one, but they're going to charge you eight bucks to have one. So my wife gave me one that we have to carry around for obvious reasons. So I went into Walmart today. I've not even got to the store yet. I'm just letting you, you know, share the video. I'm about to get fired up about some stuff. So I'd suggest that the kiddos get out of the room. But anyhow, so I walk around Walmart today with this off. All I did was do like this to get in the door and then i walked around there's 300 400 people in there on all these sheep are walking around <laughs> they all got their masks on you know uh, they're all just like a bunch of little mechanized robots walking around we have our mask we are safe covid 19 cannot get to us and i'm walking around with this thing in my hand nobody said jack sprat nobody said a word but here is what pastor greg Locke is super duper over the top fired up about it is no secret that I love Dunkin' Donuts. Holy macaroni! they ought to give me a preaching sponsorship. Listen, I have had hundreds of people in the last few years, all over the world, send me Dunkin' Donuts gift certificates and gift cards because I always talk about Dunkin'. I go to Dunkin' every single day, and every day I get the same thing. I get two, right here, count them, two medium hot coffees, seven cream, five sugar in each one. Yeah, I know I got a problem, but that's another video. Seven cream, five sugar, medium coffee, I get two of them, two, two, two. My family and I are out of town for a few days, spend some time with the kids, and I know the sign on Dunkin' Donuts says that it is mandatory for you to have a mask when you walk in, but I've been going to that Dunkin' Donuts for the last several days since we've been here, and nobody has said a peep. Nobody has said jack squat about anything. I've been going in, I'm nice, I order my two coffees, seven green, five sugar, and I walk out. I do it every day about 9 in the morning and 5 or 6 o'clock at night. Every single day. I do it at home and every town I preach in, every place I go, nothing has been any different. And so I've been going the last few days with the signs on the door, but I still don't wear the mask because I'm not in compliance. I'm in defiance. I'm sick of this nonsense and you should be too. But I'm standing there. I ordered my stuff. I paid for my stuff. I've kindly, gently talked to the ladies that have talked to me every single day that are super nice. And then all of a sudden, here comes Nazi Skippy. He comes walking out with his little mask and he's like, sir, I just want you to know. Now, by the way, he didn't have to embarrass me in front of everybody, but he did.
0: Oh, no. Step number one, don't embarrass a narcissist. Oh, poor pitiful Greg.
2: Which is probably a mistake because I'm not a real silent guy when you push my buttons too far. He's like, sir, the next time you come into my store, I want you to have a mask on. I said, "Okay, Lord, just help me. May I stay calm? May I not say a word? But I'm not a sheep. And so sometimes I just have to say things back. I said, uh, sir, I've been coming to this store for the last several days and nobody has said one thing to me about one of these silly masks. He's like, well, last night at five o'clock, it was an actual mandate. I said, wait a minute, you just lied to me. And it's just now a mandate. I said, no, it's not. I said, it's just now something you got your feelings hurt about. And I said, look, I've already paid for my stuff. Just give him my stuff. He's trying to act like they're not even gonna give me what I already paid for. And I was doing everything I could spiritually not to come over the counter and still be a pastor in public because i'm sure there's cameras everywhere because people recognize me all over the place so i was like look just give me my stuff i've already paid for it i thank the ladies i said y'all doing a great job thank you so much but this guy oh man he was getting on my ever-loving nerves and then to beat all things Here I have my two coffees. Ask anybody that walks with me any time of the day. I always have my two medium coffees, but here's what I did. I walked up to the door like I do every day, at least twice, if not three times a day. I put my foot at the bottom of the door. I pushed it open, and I began to walk out to my car. And what does this, you know, lawn ranger, masked man do? He's like, oh, now I see what you're trying to do. Now you're mad because I said something about a mask, and you're trying to kick the glass out of the door so i walked back in with my two cups of coffee and i said and uh let, let me be let me be truthful in what i said because more than likely it's on video and it'll be on newsweek or time magazine sometime this week i said sir I did not try to kick the glass in your door. I very calmly pushed the door open with my foot because it's what I do every Oh, no, no, I saw you. You tried to kick the glass out of the door. I said, if you call me a liar one more time, I'm going to take these work boots and I'm going to kick your teeth down your throat. Yes, I said it and, and the moment, I meant it. I said, sir, listen to me very closely. I will be back tonight at 5 o'clock like I am every single day of my life to get my two medium coffees, seven creams, and five shirts. I will be back tonight, and I will not be wearing a mask. He said, I'm telling you, I'm going to make sure that I'm on shift, and I'm going to be here at 5 o'clock, and I will not let you in the door if you do not have a mask. Now, I'm not real sure my wife's going to let me go back at 5 o'clock, but I can tell you one thing, ladies and gentlemen, I wish to the God in heaven that I would have brought my bullhorn because I'd be standing on the top of this rental truck right now in their parking lot, raising cane for Jesus Christ, preaching the truth of the gospel of Jesus
0: Christ. That part literally just sums him up. So after threatening to kick in someone's teeth with your boot, then you're going to turn around and preach Jesus. Are you guys not paying attention to this crazy lunatic? Come on. So again, we he can, he can excuse that behavior and notice his pride in there. You want to embarrass me? Come on, Greg. You shouldn't even act that way as a pastor. Then just leave Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, I've done that. I've went into a Starbucks leading my blind friend to go get a drink and they wouldn't let me in. And I said, well, I need to take her. If you don't allow medical exemptions, I need to stay here with her. They were like, nope, you can't stay. You're going to leave. You're going to leave. It was in, I think, St. Pete. So I said, you're actually going to leave my blind friend in here. I'm her guide. I said, okay, I'll wait outside. And I went outside. Was I ticked? Of course I was. But did I threaten to kick somebody in their teeth? Come on. Like, anyway, let's go back to the article. Locked through a suitcase, knocked over his speakers and raged against raged against the older man while his anxious mother pleaded with them both, calm down, quit, quit, calm down. Suddenly the fight went out of the stepfather. He just walked out of the room. And sometimes when Greg talks, like, I would need proof of this. I would want to know 100% fact that this actually happened, because everything that Greg says is a lie. And we're going to see that here today. then it says, Locke shoved some clothes in a duffel bag, stormed out of the house and waited for his grandfather to pick him up. Now 39, this was written a while ago. Locke can't even remember what started the fight. He just remembers being filled with hate and rage, always had been. Okay, and you still are. I mean honestly, if I had a fight like that with my mom I, I specifically remember all the fights that we've had when I was filled with such hatred and rage towards her. She came in my room or tried to hit me with a hanger. I remember what led up to all of that. It was my snotty little disrespectful mouth so anyway, um that's his backdrop there. I guess I should have brought that up sooner, but I did not okay. So that kind of lays the groundwork there for Greg. Now, what I want to do is I want to um, make sure that I keep this uh, making sense as best as I can. So I have this image here on the screen for a reason. So as you can see, and this is four years ago, this is when everything started happening. You notice that his viewership on his videos were like a lot, right? So 5.4 million, 1.1, 1.4. And then you can see the highlighted where it says 362,000 people. So it was around that time that the story had begun to broke. Then he goes into his talk about depression, which I'm going to play that because he had to start spinning the story. And now he had to be, oh, pitiful me. And we're going to go back to this video and a little bit further down, because according to Greg, he himself then, I guess, has a demon, because that's what he thinks. People who, who suffer for depression or are a cutter, or they do other things in life. You need deliverance. You got demons. Anyway, so Greg, being the narcissist that he is, not was, is, he noticed, oh my gosh, people aren't following me anymore. They're believing the story, which the story was true. All along, the story was true. And then as you can see here, this next highlighted video at 34.7 million views, that's when he lied about the black man who just happened to stop him in the whitest part of Mount Juliet. I've been up there, guys. You probably wouldn't see a black person for miles and a black man just happened to drive by his church. No, Greg did that for clicks and likes. And again, we have... Dozens and dozens, that would be 24. Dozens is 12. Dozens and dozens of precious little black people in our church. Yes, we do. No, you don't. Uh, I, there, no, I, I've been there. Again, you had one, Buford. And we'll see in videos coming up, there's still a sea of white people. So anyway, then he did the dress code nonsense. And then, um, he A broken woman changed his mind. So he's doing these clickbait videos now, right? Why? Because he's losing his followers. So keeping all of this in mind, what we're going to do now, and then I'm going to be done recording for the day. I'm not going to go through it all in its entirety because it's too much and I'm already drained. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go through certain videos. They're going to be very short. And the reason I want to do that is you'll see his wedding ring in some and then some they're off and he has no consistency in that. So, you'll see when the wedding ring came off. And I believe it was during that time that um, him and Melissa were done. And he was probably already doing what he was doing with Ty. So, if you connect the dots, we really, that's what we have to do here. We have to connect the dots because that's what a liar does. They forget that people are smarter on the other end. And I am that person. So, anyway, the first video I want to play is when he went on vacation with his family in October. Again, pause the video, write these down, whatever, in October of 2017. So in October 2017, Greg Locke is on vacation with his family, with his supposed crazy, mentally crazy wife. So October of 2017. Then he continues on, which we're going to see the other videos that he's making And then he'll get into the depression video. And then it's hard for the holidays video. And then walking to the whatever video, probably his demonic little tree where the demons infested him. And he probably met his girlfriend there every day. So anyway, um, when the news started breaking and and I'm just gonna flow some photos here on the screen. This is his wife, Melissa. These are his kids. This is when they first got married. Um, He came out with the lie of... She's been in and out of mental health facilities, but that is not where she is right now. Um, She's at a place that helps ladies get on their feet again. This was actually, just so you know, and I know this firsthand because I went there, this was not a place for ladies to get on their feet again. This was a place, this was a woman's shelter for abused women. Okay, and we're going to get into these texts, so there's language in the text, but You see, I think what's happening, and that's why I'm going here first, his new followers, his new Patriots, his new QAnon followers have no idea who Greg is. And we're going to see that from online quotes as I'm merging that in as well. Again, there's a lot of information. This isn't a gossip session. This is, I need to call this man out because right now he's got two point something million followers who are following him blindly. The blind is leading the blind straight into the pit and he has a cult that's the problem he has a cult, and he'll tell them don't you listen to that side don't you go there he dictates he dictates to his congregation what they should and shouldn't do you know why he doesn't want them to think and see for themselves because he might be exposed that's what a narcissist doesn't want they don't want you to expose who they are why would i want to harm you So anyway, um, so 2017, October, they were on vacation. Okay. I'm not going to jump ahead, but just keep that in mind. And then, um, we're going to get into a few more things regarding this situation. And, um, we're going to just take our time and, and see it. I know, um, He had this crazy video here that we can see when he started going crazy with, uh, um, I I tried to find it, um, pulpit and pen, all of their information. You can't find any of it on the web anymore. I don't know why they pulled it all down. I find that very cowardice of them. If you put a story out, you know, I understand pulpit and pen's not around, but, you know, that stuff should still be archived somewhere and people should still be able to find that and why they can, I don't know. But anyway, um, so th- the, all this information was just flooded every single day. And a lot of people just ignored it. A lot of Christians kind of said, who cares? You know, we all sin. <laughs> There was just an excuse after an excuse after an excuse for this man's poor behavior, uh, for this man literally throwing away his wife. Um, and he never once tried to step down, he never once tried to take a breather, he never once stopped what he was doing, he just continued. So anyway, shake it off and how they totally misinterpret the snake when it jumped on um Paul at the fire and he shook it off. They the snake, that's what you should do is just shake off the snake, shake off the problems. That has nothing to do with that passage, but whatever. Um, so anyway, then he, in that particular message is when he was calling out Arlene Greer, who was also a very good friend of mine for a long time. And then the, when the story broke, she didn't really know who to trust. Our friendship fizzled. And I think about her often, but you know how she's doing and stuff. But anyway, um, and there was another great friend of mine that I had through this, Brian and I his last name evades me right now. But anyway, um, so I did lose a lot of good sound biblical believers through this, um, that are no longer go to Greg's church and exposed it and knew and knew the truth. So anyway, um, then this particular video that I'm going to show is you can see him getting kind of crazy. And this is where I believe Greg began to be possessed with demons he kept going to this tree, as you can see here on the screen. He kept going to this tree. I called it the demonic tree. And then I, I again, I don't know what was happening at the tree. Was Ty meeting him at the tree? Uh, he, but then as you can see in this video, his, his behavior, his demeanor, he started to lose weight. Everything about Greg started to change. And I think it was because the evil in him was starting to come out. And. This man cheated on his wife, and to this day, now him and Ty, which we're going to get into all of this, guys, they now, God brought them together. And we're going to see it. I'm not making it up. So we're going to see from their own mouths that they actually think that this is of God, that God would call you to leave your wife. So anyway, October 2017, actually, before I do that, let me get into that video. Jesus, and probably
2: out of love with a whole lot of other people. Now, I'm going to slow down right now. I'm going to say some stuff that's going to shock you. And so, let me just move in where angels fear to tread for a couple moments, okay? I'm well aware of the fact we're online. They'll be all right. And we'll probably get some calls. Y'all answer them. <laughs> I love how they walk out of office. They're like, oh, he's not available. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're exactly right I'm not. But nonetheless... Listen, can can I talk to you for a minute? Okay, I'll I'll talk to everybody in this room just for a minute, okay? I'm talking as your pastor. I'm talking as your shepherd. And I I, want to be your friend, but I'm not talking to you as your friend right now. I'm talking to you as as your pastor. So, I'm careful how I say this. Jesus said we got to get to a place where we are so passionately in love with him that although we... Manage to love other people in a right biblical way. There's really not only no comparison. There's just absolutely no competition in our hearts whatsoever because he is number one. I mean, he doesn't want the rest of your life. He wants the best of your life. He's not just Lord of a little bit. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all, Philippians 2, 5-11. And so we got to get this thing straight. we got to understand this. So so let me say this. (laughs) Some of you are in relational bondage. You know why? Because some Southern Baptist preacher told you years ago, ma'am, that your husband can beat the crap out of you and you have to stay with him because the Bible says so. I said crap in the pulpit. That somebody can live around you with a crippling addiction and you've got some kind of responsibility to stay in bondage for the rest of your all. Oh, you've got to hold on and love them. You better love God a whole lot more than you love that nonsense in your house. And I'm not telling you cut the ties, but I'm telling you, there's some of you in this room, you have held on to relationships that have destroyed you for years and years and years. And because of that, you don't even know how to chase Jesus because you've been trying to chase the approval of this person that has pulled you down for years. And you stay with them five more years and see what happens. Stay with them five more months and see what happens. Right? Holding you back, holding you back, holding you back. All the time spitting on your dreams. All the time in a place in your life. And you're like, well, their addiction will get better. You said that 10 years ago and you're still not seeking God.
0: By the way, when Greg just said that, he was referring to Arlene Greer and her husband who has battled addiction for many years. That's what I said how many minutes ago that Greg would have these counseling sessions just to expose it and use it against them later. I mean, what pastor is calling out what people in his congregation would do? It's crazy. Anyway, from here on out, you'll start to see his behavior just change and him getting hyper. And just I feel like the demonicness began to take root. Whatever was happening at that tree was not godly.
2: We walked out of men's Bible study the other morning. You asked the guys that were here. I had to quit halfway through men's Bible study. I got so lit up. I was like, we got to pray. I let Buford pray. And I just said, we we got to quit. I I couldn't even read anymore. I was fired up. Was anybody in this room in the membership class the other night? We did a membership class. It's, I've done 30 of them things. I had to stand through the whole thing. The staff was like, dude, you got to sit down, man. I was like, ooh, let me tell you all about this church. I was all over the place, man. I feel like I'm hooked up to an IV machine. I'm telling you, it just it's just floating. Man, I'm seeing things written on the canvas of my heart I've never seen a day in my life. I walked into my, they're all in here. I walked my staff meeting the other day, and I sat down, and I, I busted out crying. We had communion with the staff, and I busted out crying. And I said, I'm going to tell you all something straight up front. I'm broke as a joke. I'm broke as a joke. And I said, I'm going to tell you something right now because I love all of you. I said, if you hang out with me, you better expect some crazy brokenness. I said, so here's what we're going to do. They'll tell you. Eight of us sitting around the table. I said, I'll pay any of you right now six months in advance to walk away from this table and never come back to this church again if you can't handle where we're going. And all of them got up left. Just kidding. But nonetheless, (laughs) are you kidding me? They all stuck around. Because they know I'm serious. They see something in me that's different. Why would I want to harm you? When I finally got to a place, and it was a whole lot about that tree crazy thing I talked about four or five months ago. This whole process has... It showed me things I never liked about myself, that I never thought I would know about myself, that I would never understand about myself and about other people around me, just began to give me a depth of spiritual perception. Because when I finally got to the place where I crossed the line, and I'm like, all right, God, I'm sick of this nonsense in my life. I got to get rid of the fluff. I got to get rid of the puff. I got to get rid of the extra. I got to get rid of all this stuff. And I got to trim this thing down, lean and mean gospel machine. And so help me move forward. And all of a sudden, God's like, well, let me see how serious you really are, son. And some of you, God bless your heart, you, you really think you're serious, but you're not willing to do what comes next, and that's why you've never really got to a place where you're like, all right, God, draw a line in the sand, I'm crossing it. But Moses say, who's on the Lord's side? You're either for Him or you against Him. And some of you keep living in bondage. A guy came to my office the other day. I wouldn't dare tell you who it is. A guy in this church came to my office the other day. He'd been in there ten times. I love him. Same problems he's been talking about for years. Same problem. Well, you know, my wife, she gave me another ultimatum. I do this, gotta jump through this hoop, jump through this hoop, and I stopped and I was like, all right, look, I see things a lot clearly now before the first time we met. We've been talking about this for years, right? Yeah. Has he kept in stitches for years? Yeah. Anything changed? No. Uh have you been able to chase Jesus for three years? No. You want to chase him for the next three years? Yeah. I said, get out of my office and call her bluff then. He said, I can't believe you just said that. Well, I'm holding the microphone. I did. And some of you think you're nervous now. You wait about 10 more minutes and you're going to be real nervous. Real nervous. Because listen, I'm done with it. I'm over the nonsense. I'm over the extra in my life. And I'm telling you, everybody that knows me knows I'm serious. And I'm not being mean, I'm not being a dictator, I'm not just walking around kicking folks out. Listen, I'm not gonna make a whip and run you out of here. Let me rephrase that. I don't wanna have to make a whip and run you out of here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'm just saying, we got to get to a place where we're serious. And some of you sitting here tonight and you're starstruck because you're thinking, that's what I want. I want the power of God. I want the presence of God. I want the process, no matter how painful it is. But you can't because you've got toxic relationships that you won't let go of in your life that's keeping you from doing what you know God's already called you to do. It's not worked for three years. It's not worked for five years. What makes you think it's going to work in five years from now? Because they keep saying, one day, one day, one day. And God said it wasn't one day. It was yesterday. Yesterday. God have wasted too much time. God have wasted too much time. You know, let me, let me say this. Don't, this don't have anything to do with what I'm saying, kinda. There's stuff being downloaded into me so fast, I can't process it every day. I mean, I'm like, they're like coming in my office and like, would you sit down? I'm like putting earbuds and I'm walking around my office and I'm just like, I'm pacing the floor. I'm talking on the phone, right? I, I can't even focus. I, I can't even hold a, a fluid conversation with people. I'm walking to the tree every morning, man. I'm, I'm getting there faster and faster every day. I ran yesterday in my blue jeans all the way out. There. I didn't even need no running stuff. I was ran there in my blue jeans. I didn't care. I was like, "Whoa, got there quick. Run, forest, run. Man, I was getting after God. I know some of you are like, man, this cat is crazy. He has lost his mind. You better believe it. I have lost my mind because I've wasted far too much on Greg Locke when I should have been spinning my wheels for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I preach a lot. I don't want God breathing down my neck. You know, I don't want to do things just because I have to do them. I'm at a place in my life now where I just want to do stuff because I want to do it. I can't not go to the tree. I can't not read my Bible. I can't not pace the floors. I can't help it. I'm a nervous wreck right now, and I'm not talking about being a nervous wreck because I'm praying. I'm just a nervous wreck because I got so much t- 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 computing to me. I'm watching that stupid clock up, and I'm thinking to myself, "Man alive, I got too not little much time left, right? And I got so much to say, I I not got to the first verse yet." And I'm telling you, I just, ever since this past weekend, well, them nursery workers do, but ever since this past weekend, <laughs> you ever had things happen in your life so fast you just can't, you can't even figure it out? Uh, Elijah going up in a whirlwind, right? Sometimes it's almost like, whew, give me a minute to breathe, God. And then he's like, well, you told me you're serious? You've been laying around, being lazy, breathing for a long time. You said, you said, oh, yeah, I'm serious. Okay, then you just hush and let me stick it in you as fast as I want to. And I mean, I, I still I slept last night for the first time, and, and I couldn't tell you how long. I actually ate something today. Felt pretty good about myself. Barely, but I ate something. As long as I can preach this whole message and not throw up, I guess that's spiritual progress, right? But food's not even good to me anymore. I got to eat to live, Right? I got to sleep, I just fall plumb over. I've got so much Bible memorized, I could preach it and you would never know if I even read it or not. I can't live that way anymore. I don't care if I ever sleep again. I don't care. I gotta quit saying I don't care, okay? My staff gets on to me about that because I, I, I do care, but I'm learning to care about the right stuff, you understand. I'm learning to care. Chris, I feel like we are in your gym right now. <laughs> This guy's got me doing more push-ups, man. He's got me on the Bruce Lee fast track. And I'm telling you, I'm about ready to karate chop the devil right now. But nonetheless, I just, I'm going to quit. Okay, because I'm going to have to because I'm going to explode. Okay, I don't know if I'm going to be standing around and shake hands. I feel it. you know? I'm just excited. But it's crazy that I'm so excited because if you do what I was going through right now, you'd be like, this cat's crazy. This guy's lost his mind. And you know what? I have. I have. I'm telling you, I have no more reservations in my life. I am not living with regret in my life anymore. I refuse to look back in 20 years and say, what if? What if? What if? So I'm, I'm going from the what if to the what now. I've lived what if too long I'm living what now what now God remember what happened last weekend why me Linda said why not you pastor why not me why can't we just accept and roll with it right you're gonna have to go hang around me I'm gonna smile I'm gonna be happy you know with these braces it's hard (laughs) but just where I am you know what I may keep talking about it for a couple of weeks. I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep learning and, and keep growing. and Here he does. He's going to keep blessing. I'm
0: going to keep preaching. And we're going to reach a lot of people. Okay, so October uh, 2017, he was on vacation with his wife. And then by... January of 2018, it began to spin out of control. He couldn't control his own lies. Um, He wasn't divorced. He said he was divorced, as you can see here. Then he backpedaled on that. Then it was he filed, but he didn't actually, Melissa did. And I actually was, uh, I assisted pulpit and pen big time getting those records because I do have a legal background. So I help them a lot. Uh, with a lot of stuff that they were trying to find um, especially in the legal realm and how do you get this and because florida is a sunshine state what that means is you can go and find anything in florida but tennessee is not like that you have to you know call so rutherford county i had to, you know just find that information that i guess pulpit and pen just didn't know how to do even though they claim that they're journalists but anyway and nor did they pay me a dime for my time and my effort i was really ticked off and i told seth about that too um, and I think at that point I kind of really pushed back a little bit on that as well. So anyway, um, with that being said, then, um, that's when it really began to be exposed on who Greg is. And, uh, so I'm going to end it here for me tonight, uh, recording this, and then I'm going to give myself a fresh brain when I come off of work tomorrow to, um, to do that. So, like I said, i I can't keep recording for hours on end. He's very draining. He's very just heavy on my spirit to listen to him, to even talk about him. But these are the things that we have to do, especially now, because he is his platform has grown where it should have been dismantled and it should have dissipated the enemy. And again, and we read we saw it right in the beginning. He's always been a worker of the enemy. The enemy knows who he's going to use. And he's using people like a Greg Locke um, as his little minion. But people think that that's actually a man of God. But scripture clearly tells us that um, they're deceivers, right? So anyway, that's why I'm doing that because I I can't, I just can't do this all night long. And uh, it just, I want to scream, I want to shake him and I would tell him to his face, what a dirty, nasty man he is and how he is not born again and how he's going to be that person when he says, Lord, Lord, but I did all these things. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Greg Locke is a poison to our churches today. So anyway, I'm going to pause myself and take a break and we'll be right back. Join us next week as we continue to examine who Greg Locke is. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. To find out more information, go to lifeclipspodcast.com. Would you like to be a guest on our show? Do you have questions, comments, or concerns? Send an email to questions at lifeclipspodcast.com. Until next time, family, I will see you here, there, or in the air.
1: Titus chapter 2, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus.